Welcome to Stogie from the Road, a podcast for the everyday truck driver. Here we talk about life on the road and everything in between. I am your faithful trucking servant, Stogie the Trucker, and I'm joined by my faithful companion, Bonnie the One-Eyed Wonder Dog. So if you're out there burning up that highway tonight or just sitting at home relaxing, I want you to turn up that dial and enjoy this episode of Stogie from the Road. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Stogie from the Road. I am Stogie the Trucker, and my little cohort, my sidekick, or as some people say, I am her sidekick, Bonnie, is not available right now. She's on vacation. You wonder where a one-eyed pit bull goes on vacation? I'll tell you where. On my couch in the living room, and she won't get off of it. It's funny, when we come home from the road, she's so excited to be away from me that she literally avoids me. So, sorry, I'm lighting a cigar here. I got this nice New World by AJ Fernandez, nice little Maduro. But yeah, she's so over it with me when I come home that she, like, I'll come into a room and she'll go into another one. I don't care. I don't care. I don't take it personal. She's a good dog. She's my buddy. She does her job on the road, which is entertain me, and I hope I entertain her with my antics, but who knows? There's a there's a strong possibility she's wildly unimpressed with me, but whatever. We both uh we both take good care of each other. It's a it's a nice balance that we have, her and I, when we're out on the road, as far as keeping each other company. She gets out of the house and she gets to see all kinds of different places and different things and meets all kinds of people out on the road because she's become wildly popular with people on the old internets. And uh, she fills that void of um, human interaction that we truck drivers deal with out on the road. I always tell people, like, if I ever get a chance to talk to a loves employee or a pilot employee, I'm like... Look, you know, when you talk to a truck driver, you know, try to be as nice as you possibly can because a lot of us, we don't see people and talk to them face-to-face for days, sometimes weeks on end. So our interactions with you guys in the store is about all we get when we're out here on the road. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, that's what truckers have to deal with. So the old Bonnie Biscuits really helps a lot when it comes to filling that void of loneliness and human interaction out on the road. So she needs a little break from me. That's fine. Bonnie, go in there and hold that couch down on the ground. You earned it. So anyway, I hope everybody's doing good. How are you? How you doing today? Is life treating you good? Good, great, grand, wonderful. I'm glad. Um, I'm getting a all settled into my home time here and getting, like I said, getting the home studio all squared away for doing these podcasts and doing the video editing and things like that. It was really difficult. I mean, yeah, we've been in this house for like two years, but being out on the road, you can't really get settled the way you want to. So a lot of the video editing I was doing for the YouTube channel and whatnot has been done on the couch, trying to watch TV or at the kitchen table sitting in some uncomfortable-ass dining room chair. So I went and invested in a good seat. Because you know how much us truckers like a good chair. We have to take good care of our our, uh, our hindquarters. So, <laughs> I, uh, that and I'm at that age where I like a good seat. Don't you? But anyway, I've got my uh, my Starbucks here. I live here outside of Seattle. So coffee's kind of a big thing here, probably to cope with this BS weather that we have. It's obnoxious. It is truly, truly obnoxious. I'm actually thankful that I'm a truck driver because when I get sick and tired of this rainy, gloomy weather, I'm like, you know what? Book me a load to Florida. I think I'm going to go run California for a little while. 
And then that enables me to have a little higher threshold for this rainy, gloomy weather when I come home. Because I know I have a possibility to get out of it when I need to. But, yeah, we're just getting all settled in here and getting settled into doing this podcast thing. I've talked to a couple friends, did the first podcast last night. Got a really good response. It's up on iTunes. It's up on Spotify. I don't think we're going to opt with doing it on YouTube. It just seems like a waste of effort because you have to convert it to a video file. And it seems like a big pain in the ass. So we'll just keep it on Spotify and YouTube or Spotify and iTunes and uh, share it that way. It was funny. I uh, posted a little thing on TikTok saying follow us on on Spotify and iTunes. And somebody commented back going, I couldn't find any of your music. All I could find was a podcast. Jesus. All right. Okay, I guess I got to be a little clearer. On Spotify and iTunes, it's only going to be podcasts. Yes, I used to be a musician. Yes, I play guitar in my spare time as a as a therapy funsy type of thing. But I might, I don't know, I might write some music for my YouTube videos. Put some of my own, some of my own stank on it. For fun. But yeah, this is kind of like the main focus right now. It's a lot easier. Um, the videos are always going to be an aspect of it. What we're probably going to do is actually start filming the podcast too, which is going to be really fun, especially when I have guests on and whatnot. So um, if you follow me on Facebook and you have an idea for a show, a show idea, or you want to be on, let me know and we'll schedule a, a time to run into with uh, one another and have you on the show or um, give you a shout out. I'll do kind of like a mailbag thing on my Facebook to where I'll give you credit. Um, if you have questions or something, we'll read them on the uh, the show and make sure you get uh, get a shout out from the show. Um, as per the topics you guys want to hear. But what I want to talk about today is I saw a poem and it kind of sent me down the rabbit hole thinking about what inspired us to get into trucking because on the other podcast i talked about it to where people are like oh if you hate it so bad it's so freaking tough why do you do it and this little poem that a friend of mine posted the other day really uh hits the mark at least for me <clears throat> and some of the people that i've talked to and the poem is called the chosen few by harry Goss, G-O-S-S, -S. and it reads, As a young boy, he watched the trucks glide down the highway. They seemed to call his name in a special way. As a boy in his heart, he knew he'd be one of the chosen few. He had many jobs along life's way, but in his heart, he knew in, the tr in his truck running down some highway. His family could never understand the truck and him, become as one, the feeling of the steering wheel and shifting of the gears that runs through the palm of his hands, the roar of the motor, and the power at his foot command. He had few friends he really knew. They drove by their hearts. They are the chosen few. Those days are gone now, and few understand for the love. Few understand the love for the trucks. The feeling of the steering wheel and the shifting of the gears still run through the palm of his hands. He was true to his calling. He was a truck. He was a true truck driver. He was one of the chosen few. Now, that being said, there are a lot of people that I've met that all share the same story when it comes to that spark that happened when they were young, young boys, and they'd see that truck for the first time. Because none of it was clouded with cents per mile, benefits, dispatchers, ELDs, regulations, things of that nature. It was just the truck. It was just what they wanted to do. It was the shiny truck with all the chicken lights and the chrome and being larger than life and just the king of the road. It's like every young boy's dream or girl's dream. 
Doesn't matter. Child. And then you follow through with it. You become a truck driver. You feel that feeling of accomplishment that I finally made it. I finally got here and I've arrived. And you get you get after it. And as your journey goes on as a truck driver, you start seeing the <clears throat> the back end of it. The difficulty, the sacrifice, the sleepless nights, you're looking for parking, the always being late no matter how hard you try, and just constantly uh, feel like you're pushing a square peg into a round hole. And then that, that dream, as a young driver, starts to get a little foggy and it gets a little hazy. It's still there. Because when you start feeling like you want to give up, then you kind of revert back to it and go, I can't. And it all depends, from what I've seen, it all depends on how long you've been in it. And I'm seeing some of the older veteran drivers, when you talk to them, you know, they're saying things like, it's not worth it. Don't ever get in the truck. It's the worst thing you could ever do. But yet we still do it. And why is that? And what I think it is, is I think it is the power of what a young boy's dream is or a young child's dream is. How much weight that carries. That longevity of how long you've waited for something to come true and come to fruition. Mine's still there. I still have to pinch myself half the time. You know, I used to just daydream and look at the, the images of a 359 or a 379. And then I walk out my front door on, on my home time or I walk back out into the parking lot and I see my truck sitting at the fuel pump and I'm looking at this big, beautiful orange 389 all lit up and just the definition of everything I've ever, ever wanted as a young boy. And that's what keeps me in it. That's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me focused. And then it just brings me right back because those moments where I'm like, oh, I'm going to get out of it. I even a couple years ago, I had a, a pretty serious conversation with my son about going into construction with him because I was in construction for a long time, you know, and the money and all that stuff and got off the phone with him and my wheels were turning about I could do this and I could do this. And I got out at the truck stop, go in to get a cup of coffee. I was in Kentucky, I think. And I turned around and looked at my truck and immediately said, I can't, I can't, I just can't. I would find myself looking at every truck for the rest of my life because I knew ever since I was a little kid all the way up to when I got my CDL because um, my my journey to become a truck driver was 20 plus years long. I had to wait till I was, you know, later in life till all my kids were out of the house, actually. Um, and I know that from my early ages of childhood all the way until I got my CDL, I still looked at every truck. So imagine now what it would be like for me now that I actually know what it feels like. So what causes us to lose that? And what does it take for us to get that back? For some of us, it doesn't take much. For some of us, we have to ask ourselves that question. Where did I get lost along the way? If you're listening to this right now and you're a truck driver and you are at like the end of your rope and you're watching your kids get older and you feel like life is kind of passing you by, you know, you ask yourself, why am I still doing it? Some of you guys, it's money. If you're in too deep, you're an owner operator and you can take a bath on it if you got out of it. And some of it is because you guys have, you know, your bills squared away around it and making a change is, is too much for you. So you're in. You're in and you're outweighing the good with the bad and stuff. So what's it going to take to get you to get back? And it's 
it's a, a way to get re-inspired again because I talk about this all the time. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And everybody always says good days are over and things are gone and done and all that stuff. And, you know, is that true in certain ways? Yeah, it's true in certain ways. There's no getting away from the ELDs. There's no getting away from the, you know, the environmental shit and the death and all that stuff that we have to deal with. So how do we make chicken salad out of chicken shit here? How I do it is by getting involved and getting engaged. Because at the very least, if you're doing something to try to make a change in this industry, if you're doing something to try to figure out a way to make things better, at least you can take solace in that. And maybe, just maybe, if enough people take that proactive approach towards trying to make this industry better, then we have the strength in numbers come into play. We have the strength in numbers come into play to where, whether it's organizing to make a change, lobbying the government to, to make a change for ensuring more parking and a better environment for us as truck drivers. There's, there's that strength in numbers. And if at the very least, there's the hope of obtaining that, you know, because right now, the general public that doesn't have any concept of what goes into trucking truly thinks that these autonomous trucks are going to be a thing. It's going to be about as much of a thing as this deaf stuff that's probably going to be going by the wayside soon now that they realize they screwed up and it's actually worse for the environment. You know, once they get done realizing that they're going to eat shit and have to reacclimate everything and take things out and do away with it and all that stuff they you know there's a good possibility that's that's going to be the same thing with autonomous trucks and you know things of that nature like they just redid the uh, the hours of service thing a little while ago to where they enabled us to do the 8 and 2 and 7 and 3 split and stuff that made a little bit of a difference for us wasn't much but it's a good option so i guess that's the best way you can cope with it to just sit down and say what can i do to be proactive in this industry because one thing's for certain if you sit around and do nothing nothing good's going to happen if you sit around and just bitch and complain to yourself and to others nothing's going to happen it's all kinds of hoping without action is not going to get any results whatsoever in this industry. So if you're listening to this, ask yourself, what can I do? You know, there's, there's organizations, there's Facebook pages, there's all kinds of stuff all the way down to just, Starting a YouTube channel, starting a dialogue with people, starting a podcast, getting out there and getting vocal. Because you know it and I know it and everybody knows it that the lack of effort when it comes to true American truck drivers or true truck drivers, no matter where you are, you know what we're getting taken over with right now? We're getting taken over with a bunch of people coming from God knows wherever, jumping into these trucks just for a measly little paycheck, hauling cheap freight, and bastardizing the ever-living fuck out of our industry. And you see them everywhere. They're going mock Jesus down the side of a mountain with a hole in their floorboards, riding five to a truck, and they don't care about anything other than getting that freight off the back of that trailer so they can haul another one so they can make a little extra money. And they're running you and I and everybody else who gives a fuck about this industry out of the industry. And I hope that we can look back at it in retrospect and say, okay, remember the dark period? But we all stood up and took action and got vocal and got loud about it, did what we had to do, didn't haul cheap freight. We held a higher standard. We kept our trucks nicer. We drove around as professional truck drivers. But how many people out there right now that are good truckers, that are good truckers, right? 
you guys haul ass but aren't being taken seriously because you don't care about your personal appearance you don't care about your truck you don't care about the image that you put forward which in turn is affecting the general public's outlook towards us which means the general public is not going to push on our behalf for our rights you know and it goes down to everything from the way you keep your truck on the exterior how safe you keep your truck as far as taking care of it you know there's a shitload of truckers out there that drive around without a single tool in their truck and i think that you are not a truck driver you are not a fucking truck driver if you are out there driving around in a truck and you don't have any tools in your truck you are a driver you are a delivery boy at best if you don't like it fight me i don't give a shit you know um the way you dress i talk about that all the time you think that that's just nothing you think that's nothing okay well let's start a little fucking debate on that let's start a debate on just personal appearance okay you're like, oh, I want to be comfortable. I want to be comfortable when I'm driving my 11 hours a day. Okay, asshole. Well, my dad, for example, you know, the famous guy that's got seven and a half fingers that worked at a machine shop for 48 years. That man worked in a machine shop for 48 freaking years that had no heat or air conditioning in it. So in the summers, he sweated his ass off. And in the winters, he froze his ass off. For 48 years, I never ever heard that man say well screw that shit i'm wearing my jam jams to work today i'm going to be comfortable if i'm going to be at work all day i'm going to be comfortable you think farmers and ranchers wear flip-flops to work every day you think guys working in the coal mines or the guys working in the sewers or working on the side of the highway they got the option to wear flip-flops and basketball shorts and bullshit every day to work no they don't you know, and okay, I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. If you want to drive in your flip-flops, which I personally think they're unsafe because there has been studies that actually said it decreases your reaction time when it comes to your feet movement, when it comes to braking and reacting. But say you want to wear your flip-flops and your basketball shorts and your, you know, who farted t-shirt while you're fucking driving. You know, while you're while you're in the cab of that truck, okay, that's fine. But when you're getting out and you're going to a shipper and a receiver, and you're getting out in a filthy ass t-shirt with the bottom of your gut hanging out and your dirty ass basketball shorts and your freaking hair all out of hand, you haven't bathed in two damn weeks, you know, and you got your flip-flops on and you're walking in and shit, and you you don't understand why people won't let you use their restroom. You don't understand why people are, you know, give you dirty looks when you go into Loves or Pilot or something like that. And you're going to sit here and bitch. I hear you guys. I hear you on the CBs all the time bitching about, you know, people ain't got no damn sense. People ain't got no damn sense. We ain't nothing but just shit to these people. Well, you are who you are perceived to be. If you get out of that damn truck and you've you've let your body go to the nth degree to where you just you're the image of poor hygiene and poor health do you think people are going to care about using a turn signal for you you don't even care whether you live or die and this may suck to hear if you're one of these people this may suck to hear and you might be turning this shit off right now but okay you're probably turning it off right now because you know it's a damn truth but they, back in the day when truckers were respected, they wore a uniform shirt and they wore the, you know, some of they they used to wear those like little almost like police officer style hats back in the day. You know, they get up and they looked like they were about their business. And there's science to that. There's an actual psychological science to the fact that if you get up and you dress for success, you will be successful. That's your mindset. You're developing a mindset to become successful in the field that you're in. But some of you guys aren't doing it. And then you're bitching on the CB about it. You know, whether it's your health or whether it's your height. I tell you what, some of you guys, some of you guys on the CB that are talking all this crazy shit, I can literally hear your CPAP machine in the sound of your voice. I literally can hear it. You know, it's just 
fuck, let's get it together. You know, it goes back to that, you know, the boy's dream and being a part of the solution, not part of the problem. Let's pick our fucking selves up, dust ourselves off, and unfuck this reality that we're living in, that we are these second-class citizens that call themselves truck drivers. If you want respect in this society that we live in, go out and demand it. And I get so goddamn mad because people tell me, oh, shut the fuck up, Sean. You've only been driving X amount of years and you don't even know what you're talking about. But the fuck, I don't know what I'm talking about. Just because it has, I haven't been behind the wheel of a truck as long as you have does not mean I haven't been in business and dealt with the general public for over 20 years. And I've succeeded in it exponentially. Most of the things I've touched have been successful because of my passion and my drive and my mindset and my ability to say, hey, I made, made mistakes in my past and I've done things wrong in my past and, and failed in ways in my past, but I'm always going to fall forward, pick myself up and make sure that when people meet me, that's the last thing they think about, which is failure or regret knowing me. So when we're talking about trucking and we're bitching about trucking and the state of affairs that we're in, why is it so hard for us to take these minimal steps towards the development and the revamping of the public image of the American truck driver? This is not a zero accountability job. We drive vehicles that could take out a small fucking town with minimal effort. And we put such inconsequential effort into it to where we can't even get dressed for work. We can't get dressed for work to where people think we're even taking the fucking job seriously. I, I, I get so worked up about this shit. It all goes back to that boy's dream. Now, granted, some people have gotten into the truck because they've lost their ass in another industry and they're like, I, I guess I'll go be a truck driver. Now, I'm not saying everybody's got to go all smoky in the bandit and dress a certain way and start wearing cowboy hats and all that shit. I'm not saying that at all. I saw an older black gentleman the other day get out of his truck, and that dude looked like he was dressed to go to a damn wedding. And there are people on the CB making fun of him. I'm like, fuck you. That dude got up that day and did his freaking hair and shaved and took a shower and put on a nice pair of slacks and put on a nice dress shirt and he got behind the wheel of that truck and he did it to the best of his ability. He got up with the mindset of feeling like a million bucks and looking like a million bucks and he's going to do his job like a million bucks. And you got some fat bastard in basketball shorts making fun of him. Hey, you go fuck yourself. I have people make fun of me all the damn time. And I, uh, frankly, I love it. I, I love it. I love, I love have, having this mindset of, I am going to be a virus. Every time you look, look left, I'm going to be there. Every time you look right, I'm going to be there. Every time you look forward or backwards, I'm going to be there. Because at a very early stage in my trucking career, when I started taking on this, this uh, endeavor, of trying to change the public perception of the American truck driver, I've been met with resistance. And you know who I've been met with resistance by the most? Not the general public. Fellow truck drivers. Yeah. The people that I'm vying for, the people that I'm fighting for, are the ones that are telling me to shut the fuck up and go away and making fun of me. And every time I make a mistake, which is inevitable in trucking, you're always going to make mistakes. Oh, they can't wait and they love it. And I love that they love it. Because on those days where I don't feel like doing, say, a podcast or a YouTube video or a post or something, I think about them. And then I think about how they would love for me to just give up and shut up and go away. And I'm like, ooh. No, it's time to mash the old throttle and get in the old get-gone lane. It's time to remind them who the fuck I am, which is a whole lot of not quitting. So, but anyway, I digress. This is not about me. This is about us. This is about us fighting for something that's worthwhile, which is bringing the passion back, in it, back into the trucking industry. So how do we do it? 
It starts with you. It starts with you who's listening to this podcast right now, doing that little self-check. That person that's sitting there asking themselves, do I get mad at old Stogie or do I listen to him? You want it to be different? Are you the guy that's on the CB saying, hey, some bitches ain't, people ain't got no sense. But when people see you get out of the truck, are they saying that about you? When people look at your truck when you're driving down the road and they're thinking, my God, that guy's got piss on his door. That guy has thrown garbage out of his truck. I guarantee you he didn't do a pre-trip. You know, the real truckers that are sitting in the truck stop in the morning and they're having their cup of coffee. They just did their pre-trip and they're getting ready to roll on out and they check their oil, they check their fluids, they did everything right. And they see your bunk light flip on and they see you throwing on your best freaking sleeveless t-shirt and your basketball shorts and your flip-flops and you get right out of that bunk and right in the driver's seat and you drive off without even looking underneath your truck. You could have a body under there, and you wouldn't know it until you heard that. Is that you? Is that you listening to this right now? Are you that person? And if it is, man, do I hope I'm pissing you off right now. Because half of me wants you to listen to this and change. And the other half of me wants you gone. Because real truck drivers, real men, real women out there, real professional drivers, we don't want you here. Either change or go away. You know, that one day, you know, we're always talking about, you know, foreigners that are are driving trucks and the things they're doing. One day I was parked at a Walmart parking lot. Big old white boy pulled up in a Volvo next to me. And I knew right out of the gate. I saw the infamous key stains on his door from dumping whatever, God knows whatever, out the window while he's driving or when he's parked. And I just looked at him and I took old Bonnie for a for a walk that night and I walked around his truck and I looked by his driver door and underneath his driver's step is a half full gallon of pee, a bent up toaster oven and various other aspects of garbage. And I could tell that that was his because it was under his truck and not ran over. And I watched him park and I'm like, you son of a bitch. I bet you leave that. I bet you leave that next tomorrow morning when you get ready to roll out. And I got up, I saw it sitting there, made myself a cup of coffee, and I watched him drive away. And sure, as the day is long, he drives away with that mound of garbage. I did a TikTok about it. Because I keep big old uh, yard waste bags next to in, in my truck. And if it's really bad around my truck, I'm going to clean it up because I don't want people to think I did it. And I hate it. I have rubber gloves and all this stuff. And I go to great lengths to be able to do that and not wind up getting the gift that keeps on giving from some of you freaking animals. And I videotaped myself picking it up. And I set it to that for TikTok. I set it to the song, Who's Gonna Fill Their Shoes by George Jones. And I've listened to that song multiple times when I'm driving. And it almost brings me to tears because I think about those glory days of back in the 70s and the 80s of truckers and when we were respected and revered and people wanted to be us. And I was just a little boy looking at these truck drivers and that old, the old country boy type of classy country boy type of guy, that trucker, with the old pearl snap and the belt buckle and the shined up cowboy boots, the trucker hat that had all the pins in it from all of his travels. And it almost brings you to tears when you think about, are those days gone? When you go into those old diners and there's one and a half people in there and it's quiet. They're not even playing the old country music anymore. But you could tell at one time that place was alive because they've got the big tables like old Betty's Truck Stop in, in Missouri. And 
you know, the Ludlow Cafe out in Ludlow, California. And you think about there it used to be like tables full of truckers, just laughter, booming laughter. My buddy Brandon told me stories about how he, man, I tell you, I love this guy. This guy's my brother. I love my friend Brandon. He, he grew up under a real truck driver. And he would tell me about how he would go to the truck stops and he'd go in as a little guy and all the truckers were there and they'd all be like, come here, boy. And they'd give him 20 bucks or 10 bucks or something like that and let him go play in the arcade while his dad and them all shot the shit. He'd come back after he blew through that in like 2.2 seconds. Somebody else would giving him cash to go play video games and the waitresses would be, you know, giving him milkshakes and stuff. And he said, no matter what truck stop he'd go to, it was like a family get together. A family get together of drivers that don't even know each other or met each other once. Before there was Facebook, before there were cell phones, before there were any of that. If you were a driver, you were a friend. If you were a driver, you were family. One night, him and I were both outside of Portland. And, uh, he said, hey, buddy, I'm at the TA. I'll save you a spot. I said, all right, I'm about 30 minutes out. And he stood in that parking spot and waited for me. And I got there and he guided me in and I parked next to him and went and got a bite to eat together. And we came back and we're standing next to our trucks and we're looking at both of our trucks, both 389 Pete's all lit up, full of chicken lights and chrome. And we're surrounded by 150 trucks at the TA right there off of five. And in this somber tone, he goes, man, I remember when the truck stop was just all glowing amber like ours is. And now look, it was just two trucks, his and mine, in a sea of white, plastic, nondescript trucks with their lights off, not running quiet and it was just like is that is this a sign of the times is this all fading away is it over nah it's not over we're still lit up we're still shining so it's not over because we're still there but just that moment, what it's like for him, it's all he's ever known. That man is younger than me, but will forget more than I will ever learn about trucking. And he's my best friend. And I didn't know him until we started driving a truck together. We saw each other on the yard. Became best friends right away. But think about that. And how in such a short amount of time in our lifetimes, in half of our lifetimes, we've watched it go from a big family get-together of truck drivers that loved and were passionate, and lived and breathed the industry, and now it's getting whittled down to jugs of piss in the parking lot and not a chicken light in sight. But, you know, you go to these truck shows like I'm going to and man, that really, I, I implore you if, you, if you're losing hope, go to a truck show. Go to the truck show and see that it's still alive and well, because you're not going to see just the old timers there with their retired cab overs. You'll see that 26 year old kid that been working on the farm his whole life or busted his ass doing whatever job he could and he bought his granddad's truck or he bought this truck or that truck and he's been busting his ass for two or three years shining it up and buying every piece of chrome he could possibly find and he takes it to the truck show and he's standing there feeling like a million bucks amongst the greats you look at jacob bonham and drives hater made started from nothing Endless adversity, more than I can cover in 10 podcasts, and has become a landmark in this industry, synonymous with this industry. When he drives down the road, people know exactly who he is. 
and has embedded the deepest footprint I've ever seen in an industry. Started from nothing, made fun of around every corner, still to this day. His truck's called Hater Made for crying out loud. It's still alive, folks. So this podcast is is a quasi gut check for you to sit and listen to and say, okay, this is the way I used to feel. I used to be that little guy that would daydream about driving that truck or stand in the driveway and just be 10 shades of freaking happy when I'd see my old man pull up in that big rig and hear those jakes rolling down the road, thinking someday I'll be able to drive a truck. And now here you are. What's that saying? Something about be thankful for what you have because what you have today used to be something you used to only wish for. That's a lot of us. And I'm not without sin here. I am that same guy. There is times where I just absolutely and really digging deep down inside, asking myself, why am I doing this? And I'm tired and I'm worn down and I'm angry and the people are pissing me off and I just cannot find a damn to give. And then I go back and think about what it's like to stand in a machine shop, staring at a machine for 12 hours a day, feeling like I'm dying where I'm standing. But now, I can pull over in the desert New Mexico, end my day, watch that beautiful watermelon sunset, have a cigar, and look down at my little dog, and just be in the moment. I learned a lot from Bonnie. People always wonder, you know, what's the, what's the connection there? And, and I always tell people, tell people, Bonnie has taught me how to live. Because Bonnie can be... Just absolutely, you know, say she gets in trouble. One day she ate, one day she ate half a rotisserie chicken. Uh, when I went to get groceries, I came back, I took the cart to the cart corral, came back, and half the chicken was gone. I was so mad, slamming shit in the truck, and I'm yelling and hollering and frustrated with her. Two seconds later, little tails wagging, wiggling, happy as can be. I always tell people, live like Bonnie. Be in the here, be in the now, be happy, be thankful. Enjoy this job. It can be worse. Take pride in this job. It can get better. Embrace what you have. You know, I always tell some of my coworkers, they get frustrated about, you know, their trucks and some of the things that go wrong with them when we have all these deaf issues and stuff. I'm like, guys, damn it. Just look at the truck you drive, dude. There are people out there. I used to be one of them driving a fucking international for Boyd Brothers. You know, this miserable looking at every truck but mine. Now here you are. You're driving. You're going to be hard pressed to find a better truck than what you're driving right now. Yeah, you got a little issue here. Yeah, you got a little issue there. It's not cancer. There's a solution to it, and it's going to get fixed, and then you're going to be the king of the road once again. Just take a moment. Take a moment to find out what you can do to bring this industry back to what it used to be. We're not that far off. There are a shitload of us. There are a shitload of us out there that still truly care. There are a ton of us that still truly get excited about what we do for a living. It's just about getting together again. I mean, Brandon and I will go to, you know, Barstow, the Vernon's truck wash out in Barstow, and we'll pull out the grills and we'll grill out and have a trucking weekend together. Last time we did it. We saw a couple bull haulers off to the side getting their trucks polished or getting their trucks washed, and we made plenty of food, and Brandon went over there and wound up feeding the rest of the guys that were all hanging out and shit, and we all wound up 
you know, shooting the breeze and learning a lot and telling stories and busting balls and joking. And it's, you can't tell me the shit's over. I experience it all the time. You're not going to convince me that it's not possible because I experience it all the time. So what's the excuse? What's the problem? It's called quitting. Joe Rogan says it all the time. If your life sucks, change it. It's not cancer. There's an option here. It's just it's so much easier to sit and bitch about it. I don't know. I'm looking forward to this upcoming trucking uh, truck show season. Reconnecting with old friends and seeing the people and the big names in the industry and stuff like that. It's It's going to be fun. I suggest you do it. I suggest make an attempt to go to a truck show. If you're not going to enter to be into a truck show, at least attend one and spend some real time there. Yeah, you go walk around and stuff with the wife and kids or go there and actually meet people and talk to people, hang out with them, have a beer with them, you know, trade phone numbers with people. You know, you, people talk all the time. Oh, the good times are gone. The good times are gone. Yeah, the the good times or on vacation, like old Bonnie downstairs, they're not gone. We don't have to sit and wait for pay phones anymore. We don't have to sit and wait for, you know, some sort of comm check to get cash and things like that. We are, we all get paid relatively on time, you know, and there's a lot of good that's coming along with that. Like, you know, we have FaceTime now. You miss your wife. You miss your kids. You know, I don't get ever get to see my grandkids. I FaceTime them and they know who I am. My grandson, was John Third, came out to the show and shine for a special kind truck show. And I gave him his toy and got him a, a little orange flatbed semi truck with an excavator on the back of it. Until this day, this was months ago, to this day, every time he sees a semi-truck or an orange semi-truck, he's like, that's Papa's truck. A little spark right there. I might not be a third-generation truck driver, but I'll go ahead and take the title of the first. I've had three boys. I've had two grandsons. I have two granddaughters. Two more granddaughters on the way. I'm building a legacy here. And I'll be damned. I will be damned. If my kids or my grandkids grow up and think of their image of trucking being some fat slob that doesn't give a shit about his personal appearance or what people think of me. Me being comfortable doesn't mean that much to me when it comes to that. And that should be the same for you. And if you don't care to try and you think this is all bullshit and you think I can go F myself when it comes to this, then do me a favor. If you're not going to leave the industry, shut the fuck up. Because now all you're doing is just making a mess and making no apologies for not cleaning it up. Who are you to tell some young driver that's coming up with the best of intentions and the inspired to do great things and make a difference in the industry and you because you think that amount of work and that amount of effort isn't valuable to you that you're going to snuff out his fire and his passion for an industry that was once great what the glory days only belong to you and you don't want anybody else to have fun that's pathetic and you know it And I know that there's a shitload of people that are probably listening to this that share the same sentiment. So, but anyway, that was my thought for today. When I saw that that, that poem came up and it was kind of rang true with me, struck a chord, and it was nice to see it. Because if you see it, on Facebook or TikTok or something like that, then you know that there's still that passion out there and there's that still that fire out there. So, but anyway, that's that for today, guys. We look like we're just shy under an hour here. Um, 
again, like I said earlier, probably going to forego the YouTube thing. It should be up on uh, iTunes and Spotify later on this afternoon. I'm going to keep churning these out, keep uh, cranking them out. Again, if you have any ideas for the show, if you want to be on the show, give me a shout. Send me a message on Facebook. We'll have a little chat and see what we can do. But I hope this finds you guys well, and I hope you're happy, and I hope that if you had that fire at one time, you're able to find it again. And people like me and people that care, like I do, can see that fire come to fruition out there on the old highways and byways. So with that being said, guys, I hope you're happy, healthy, loving, and living life. And old Bonnie and I see y'all on the backhaul. Giddy up. (laughs) 